Hello listeners, this is Ryan Chen, host of Taiwanese Pro Ball. It's Wednesday, March 31st, a very different episode for Plus Basketball Weekly as I am too busy and too tired to uh, script out an episode like normal, so bear with me, but I have to fill you guys in on what happened this past weekend. I got a timer going on right now, so hopefully we can get this done nice and quick, but of course keep with the, all the details in the episode. So quickly, let's run through the results from last weekend. Dreamers over Lioneers 99-91, Braves over Pilots 109-93, Lioneers decimate the Pilots 132-82 on Sunday, and in the evening, Braves come back on the Dreamers 110-106. The Dreamers win on Saturday puts them in the playoffs with 10 wins, the Lioneers now sitting at 8 with just one game left, so they cannot tie or surpass the Dreamers. The Pilots currently have nine wins with three games remaining, so it's possible that they could take the second seed, but oof, we'll get to that. Now, the biggest thing that we need to cover, and we'll do it first and foremost, is the uh, fight that happened. On Saturday, that was the um, main event for the wrong reasons. Originally, of course, two teams were playing each other repeatedly over the course of the last three weeks, but tensions rise and the officiating, of course, put it front and center um of course on the court for the officiating the game but of course taking care of the um physical altercation itself now i can't do a perfect job describing what happened but basically that physical confrontation between brendan dawson shoving jaron young and young responding with a swing with a fist both were ejected with disqualification fouls and the league we call them d's and unsportsmanlike fouls we call U's, and technicals, of course, are T's. And the Dreamers head coach, Kyle Julius, given a technical foul for not helping with the peacemaking. Basically, the biggest contention is the referees went to the IRS to look over the play, as they should, with an incident involving so many people. It's very chaotic, somewhat violent, but certainly it started and and actually ended in quite a quick flurry. So they went to the replay and determined the disqualification fouls, um, one for each team and Julius with the technical foul. In the end though, wasn't a satisfactory result for anyone because a lot of people from really both benches encroached the court. The Dreamers, of course, having it happen in front of their bench were probably a little bit more proactive to try to calm things down and get everybody separated from each other. And the ruling afterwards of the disqualification fouls for both um, and not call, and not disqualifying any of the people who got onto the floor as well caused a big stir. And so in the end, the Dreamers were able to pull it out, playing with just six guys in their rotation um, in the end. In response, the league the very next morning um, conducted a, a disciplinary uh, committee meeting and determined that a number of penalties and punishments were to be administered to the varying people involved. Um, chiefly, we'll start with the easiest ones. Um, one game suspension each for Amigo, who um, conf- was able to stop Dawson before um, reapproaching Jaron Young, who was being carried off by Hashim to beat. I guess hugged off, pushed off. And uh, Tank was also um, suspended for a game, Wang Bozi. Kyle Julius was fined an additional 5,000 NT for not assisting the referees like he should as a coach in the rules of FIBA 
only the head coach and one assistant can be on the floor in assisting the referees with peacemaking. Additionally, Jaron Young's um, swing of the fist was qualified as a third level of um, uh, dangerous acts on the court, which in our in the plus league is um, automatic one game suspension addition to the hefty fine fifty thousand NT for this instance for this case in all cases. Brendan Dawson, on the other hand, um, given a level two dangerous acts on a basketball court for how violent his shove was in retaliation to Young mm, throwing the basketball at Lingmi, who you know came to his teammate Tian Hao's defense, who was on the floor as Young step over. So the violent push, level two, um, his dis- his suspension of one game is for getting ejected from the game for the disqualification foul. So two games for Young, one game for Dawson, and a level one um, dangerous acts on the basketball court to Ling Mi Yi for um, his involvement with Jaron Young. And um, similarly, Stephen Hicks was issued a level one, um, I guess, penalty, shall we say, a level one fine of 5,000 NTs for his, um, after, kind of partly through it, um, getting into the uh, pileup between Ling Mi Yi, Tian Hao, and Dawson. So in the end, the league um, issued its um, announcement of fines and suspensions on Sunday because in the league's, so we say, agreed upon um, operating system, things will get taken place on Monday because no player will get suspended on Sunday games after things would happen on Saturdays. Just so fans can continue to go into the arena and watch the players they expect to play. And then the suspensions will take place starting with the next weekend game where... Um, marketing and the teams can make their adjustments accordingly and now that wasn't satisfactory to the Lioneers um, who've responded with their internal emailing of saying we are trying to get clarification on why the suspensions were as they were and during the week additionally there was made um, four demands by the Lioneers that was announced during the Sunday night press conference after the Lioneers won in Shinzu um, then the league responded in kind as well um, on Tuesday night before the Wednesday deadline that they set. So this back and forth I can go into, but really doesn't get us anywhere. In the end, the official, additionally, the crew chief, will be suspended for a game, and umpire one and umpire two are given demerits that goes on their records when the league referees get together and do their reviews. So I don't know how much more I can add. Basically, it's a bot situation by the referees, and... Lots of people have been saying that they need to call the games a little bit tighter, get all clean up really the plus league um, in terms of the additional fouls and the additional extracurriculars that take place um, on the court and after the whistle goes off. So all things to take con- into consideration and take notice of going forward. Now let's get into the teams, hopefully a little bit quicker than this previous conversation. The futility of the pilots. On a very lengthy game losing streak, I believe, guys should check this out, but I believe it's even going to surpass the Lioneers when they were at their lowest moments early part of the season trying to get themselves together. Their registered players um, even were not able to play, but because they need to carry 12 guys, including early on Quincy Davis and the Xingdu Taipei weekend, and later Guan Da Yo in Taizong. 
They were too hurt to play, but they had to register. So now, Guan is slowly working his way back into the rotation, but Davon Reed and Quincy Davis still out, um, possibly through the end of the season for the last two weeks. They have um, contributions of 38 points per game on 47% field goal shooting, of course, plus their defense, which is receives high marks in this league. So the minutes are getting taken up by guys who are Spot rotation players, shall we say, like Peng Junyin and Jackie Zhang Gengyu and Liang Zhong. These guys are good for other competitions, like, must I say, but the SBL. But in the Plus League, they could give you good games, but not guys who have proven that they can play for extended periods of time. So the last three games, trying to pull out one win would get them into the playoffs. And if they're thinking more ambitiously, two wins... Um, could get them the second seed, especially considering they have a head-to-head with the Dreamers, but we'll see. Now, on to the Lioneers. It's kind of a tale of two seasons, really. This last stretch, five wins in seven games, has given them a chance. But I think with Dawson's suspension, they have one game left. So the question I have in my mind is, who do you trust? The Lioneers, who were previously playing minus... 4.4 in the fourth quarters for the first 16 games. Now, why do I bring that up? Because they'll be playing with only one import, which is the rules in the fourth quarter in this first year of the Plus League. Now, plus 5.6 in the last seven games, figuring out how to play with Hashim Tabid and Dawson jumping in for stretches as well. They've been able to catch um, fire with the good momentum. Now, I think the player that does need to give his, does need to get his props is Tian Hong. It was big news when he left the Zhengzhi uh, University to pursue his um, to jump, get a head start in his playing career. Recognizes the Player of the Week for his 28 points the weekend of January 23rd, but for the most part has been left with a very marginal role and very few minutes. So a lot of talk about did he get out of college too early? Is this even a level he can compete at? Then eight. Then nine assists, his personal highs this weekend in assists. The biggest plus for Tian Hong getting more minutes is he has proven to be the best passer to Hashim to beat in the interior. Of course, he also pleases the crowd with a lot of no-look passes in transition and in um, the half court penetrating. So look forward to Tian Hong. Now the key without Dawson on Sunday is what forwards will the Lioners trust? Or will they go without and play a lot of guards? They've got perf- good performance out of Ling Mi and Gao Guohao. We mentioned Tian Hao and Elliot Chen Jian could knock down the shots. He knocks down. But Calvin is the only like wing slash forward that they really trust. Haven't seen Xiao Sunyi hardly at all. Pan Guanghan is pretty much on the shelf. So we'll see how the Lioners deal with that one game on Sunday. A game that they must win. Now heading over to their opponents. The Dreamers have two weekend games in Zhanghua, Saturday and Sunday. They beat the Lioneers, as I mentioned, with only six men and Jaron Young out. Real key guy defensively and offensively when he's on. Now, funny enough, the next day, Lee Doway, Derek was registered as um, injured and day-to-day, so taking the day off. Now, Dreamers played all 12 guys against the Braves and actually had a 16-point lead in the first half and a lead heading into the fourth quarter. But giving it up in the end, that's kind of the volatility of a young team and one with imports, quite frankly, who have their effectiveness vary from night to night. With Anthony Tucker, the early parts in the season, he had struggled to score. And certain games, certain matchups, the teams are able to lock him down. He did have a triple-double on Sunday against the Braves. 
with Jaron Young. His outside shooting is hot and cold, and sometimes he expels so much energy defensively. He doesn't have much for the offensive end. And Stephen Hicks is a guy whose play style should warrant a few more foul calls and more trips to the free throw line, but the referees haven't been paying that back to him. So the Dreamers with two games this weekend. The big focus with a playoff spot locked up is um, the retirement for Garrett Tianlei. Um, superstar basketball player of Taiwan really bro- broke in as a guy who played on the national team at just 18 years old and spent some time overseas and back with the Dreamers um, signed for a large contract but the physicality and his physical ailments certainly holding him back so we'll see how they treat his retirement so many it's going to be a big deal the first of these golden era players to call it quits now, the last team that we didn't talk about a lot in the previous episode because they didn't play in tight zone, but we'll get a little bit more attention to the Braves. One swept the weekend series like they're known to do and have only one, lost one game at home in Taipei. Now, we've done this exercise before. What will it take to beat the Braves? And here's a suggestion that I didn't emphasize nearly enough um, in the previous time when we talked about it, but that is pace. In the five games that the Braves lose, their opponents actually take seven less shots per game. And somehow they allow the Braves to take five more free throws. So like fouling and mucking up the game is what it takes to beat the Braves. When they're they're going fast, good or bad, at the place to their advantage. Now, I found this a very curious statistics. On the season, their defensive field goal percentage is uh, 38.8 during the winning streak. Um, oh, 38.8 is during the season, and their winning streak so far, 42.5. Their opponents shoot much better. So probably kind of a funny coincidence that the Braves um, allow a lot more points, but they're just trying to play so much faster, and they themselves are a better shooting team. Now, of the games that they take 30 or more three-point attempts, they've actually won 14 out of 15. That's very counterintuitive to the preseason scouting report where we're looking at their team and thinking that there's not too much outside shooting talent. And overall, I think that's still a fair assessment. But their percentage are kept above this average in large part because of the guys who are taking three-pointers. Louis, Jinwei Lu, and Joseph are the guys that take more threes than twos. But that's their strength and good examples of the kind of shooters that you kind of want to leave out there. They're shooting 35% from three-point area. And Singletary's, of course, stepped up his game big time, and that's been a huge key for them. And Yurizaisev has actually generated a lot of buzz um, for his steady performance, playing, shall we say, a lot cleaner than the first week of first week, first two weeks of the plus league season. So we'll see how that goes down with the March MVP voting. Now the weekend matchup starts with Saturday, the Pilots versus um, the Dreamers, who with their three guys suspended. And the Dreamers, the or the Pilots, I always say, still with their injury ailments. We'll see if they can even make it back before the end of the season. Now, Sunday, another big one, Lionheers and Dreamers, both teams without their import, and we'll have to play a local in their place. Um, Amigo and Tank will be back for that game. So, really key matchup once again. Then on Monday, the additional Monday game for the tomb-sweeping um, long weekend, the pilots will head home and host the Braves. And then we're going to mention next week on Saturday, the Braves host the pilots. So the pilots, well, they're three games. There's actually some doubt if they can 
take any of these games. And if they lose all three, that leaves the door open for the Lioneers, who've just got to focus on their Sunday matchup. So I kind of phrase it as if you have four coin tosses, that ends up with about 6% chance that they will all fall in your favor. But granted, the pilot's problems, this is suddenly looking like a very interesting weekend in two weeks heading into the Plus League playoffs. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for sticking with me. I'm Ryan Chen on another Plus Basketball Weekly. Thank you for listening to Taiwanese Pro Ball, and we'll see you guys in the next one.